0: Hey everyone, this is Kendall from the Recording Lounge podcast, and today I just have a short episode and I wanted to talk about soldering and why it's so important for you to learn how to solder and make your own cables and be able to fix things around your studio in a basic capacity. Now, I've touched on this on various episodes, I've mentioned it in passing. But I just decided I've got to make an episode about this to really nail it down. Like, this is an important skill for all of you to have. I can't tell you how much money I have saved by making all of my own cabling. Thousands of dollars. So if you go to a guitar store today or go online and you buy a Mogami Gold 25-foot mic cable... It is listed, what I'm seeing is $50 or $55, okay? And you can make that exact same cable yourself, the exact same wire, the exact same ends, the exact same heat shrink, except without the Megami logo, you can make that yourself for about $25, okay? Um, it, It really is that much of a difference. It's literally half the price to make things yourself. And when it starts coming down to snake cables and large, like, stage boxes or multi-channel stuff, that gets exponentially more expensive. Um, I recently built a 24-channel snake for my live room. I had a 16-channel snake and an 8-channel snake, and I just wanted to consolidate that all to one and uh, use those other two for other things. So I built a single 24-channel snake, and the total cost was about 500 bucks. But I looked it up, and to get that exact same thing made, um, you know, by Mogami, it would basically cost me about $1,500. So it was a third of the price. And the reason being is to do that, you still have to have labor. Somebody is being paid to solder those cables. Now, if you get really good at soldering, you can do it so quick that the labor is not problematic, right? There are some things, we've talked about it, that like sometimes the labor is not worth it, like acoustic panels. If you don't have a lot of tools or if you're not very handy, it might take you so much time to build acoustic panels that look clean and nice and professional that it might just be worth buying them. You know what I mean? Because you could do it cheap and quick, but it might not look great. Uh, So there are situations where it's just more effective to buy it, to get what you want, right? But this is not one of those cases. It is so much cheaper to do cabling yourself, and it can look exactly the same. It can function exactly as well. There's no trickery going on inside of a cable. Uh, So so let me just go over some of the basics here. Number one, you need to get a good soldering iron, okay? My favorite at the moment is from a company called HAKO or HACO, depending on who you are, and, you know, who you ask. And it's the 888D. It's an ugly blue and yellow soldering station, but it works really, really well, and it has variable temperature. Uh, the Wellers are also great. I highly recommend getting a soldering station, and not just a cheapo soldering iron that will crap out on you in six months. Uh, soldering station has a better regulated temperature, a much higher quality pin, Uh, and and tips that you can remove and replace, you know, as they burn up and get old. Uh, And and they're just much better quality, okay? I'm really liking this soldering station. That's the first step. Now, the second step is that there are a couple other materials that you need to solder stuff. Number one, you got to have solder, which is a, a metal wire, essentially, that melts and forms the connections that you're making. You also need some flux now uh, flux is a material that you use to uh, enhance the quality of a solder connection it's like a paste Um, and what you do is you say dip a wire into it and then you melt a little solder and that flux melts and creates a really strong bond that flows through the wire really well and and you know the the solder really adheres to that wire um, I use SRA Flux Number 135 for this job, and I actually got this from a podcast listener who works there. Uh, he sent me some of this, and I really, really love it. I will probably only use this stuff from here on out because it's just really fantastic. Uh, another thing that I use from SRA is the Tip Tinner, which is uh, something that you use on your soldering iron tip, essentially just to kind of uh, bolster it and make sure that it's clean and protected And uh, it's this little, another type of paste, but it's a much denser kind of paste that you use, you know, when you first turn on your soldering iron, you're starting for the day, you tin the tip, and, you know, you get to work. Um, You will also need some way to clean your soldering iron while you're soldering. Now, I like the brass shavings. Uh, You can buy these little things that are kind of like a little rat's nest of brass shavings. And that will clean off the soldering iron really well and remove burned stuff or little bits of plastic or PVC from burned wires if you happen to touch a wire or something. Um, but a lot of people use the sponge uh, filled, you know, filled a little bit with water. I use one of those as well. Um, you know, you just need some way to clean it while soldering, and you kind of always want to keep a clean soldering iron. Uh, you always want to keep uh, solder. On the soldering tip and you want to make sure that your iron is clean okay and obviously if you run your heat too high you can burn up those tips Um, so I do recommend getting some spare tips for whatever soldering iron you're using and I also recommend uh, some good quality wire cutters and some good quality needle nose pliers which can come in handy when soldering small connections you need to hold the wire in place while you solder um, and the last thing I would recommend is getting a small desktop vice that you can put cable ends in. Now, I use a little tiny vise that's maybe six inches tall uh, that can only open to about two inches wide, but I clamp that onto my desk and it's perfect for holding xlr ends trs ends whatever while i am soldering it okay that you to me that's an absolute essential it's so hard to solder that stuff just freehand it can be done but i don't recommend it so definitely get a cheapo little vice that you can use something metal or iron or something like that not plastic something you can put on your desk um, I've seen some that are like suction cup that you can suction cup on your desk just so you can hold cable ends while you're soldering. And finally, the last thing you're going to need is some heat shrink tubing. Now you can pick up most of this at any hardware store around you or you can get it online in these big multi-packs that have lots of different uh, you know, diameters of heat shrink. And all this does is wrap around wires and when you heat it up with either a lighter or a heat gun, or some you know high heat source, it will shrink and grab around the wire. Now this is really handy when soldering certain types of connections. Um, it's also handy for repairing. Uh, if you say you stripped a wire and you stripped a little bit too far and it ripped some of the uh, PVC coating around it, you could put a small piece of heat shrink, heat it up, and fix and cover up that exposed part in the wire. Uh, but it's also really useful for creating clean and compact uh, solder connections on a TRS cable or a guitar cable to make sure that it's, it's sturdy and won't move around. Um, but there's so many other uses for it. A lot of people religiously put a little bit of heat shrink around the ground connection uh, inside of an XLR connector because usually on an XLR cable, Um, the uh, ground drain wire is bare, meaning there's no uh, PVC around it or anything to protect it. It's just a bare wire. And so that runs the risk of touching another pin inside of that connector. So if you run heat shrink, which is non-conductive rubber, uh, it will not be able to touch anything else inside of that connector. Point being, all of that will probably only cost you about, a hundred to two hundred dollars, depending on exactly which ones you get, how much solder you get, how much the vice is, how much the soldering station is, right? Like, but all of that for a hundred to two hundred dollars, less than the costs of most guitar pedals today, you can have something that will last you many years and save you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars okay there are lots of tutorials on the internet about how to solder i've thought about making one for my youtube channel but honestly there are so many on youtube already that are really helpful um, don't be afraid of the soldering iron it's not that scary when you get used to it yes you will burn yourself yes it does hurt uh, but you know skin heals really quickly <laughs> um, you know a couple days you're fine Uh, In general, the better you get, the lower chance there is of burning yourself. I burn myself very, very seldom now working with soldering iron. I'm very comfortable with it. I've made hundreds of cables for my studio. Virtually every cable in this building, the studio I've been at since 2014, virtually every cable I made myself. And I've got a 32 in and 32 out interface. I have four patch bays. I have at least uh 24 pieces of outboard gear. Uh I actually have 24 20 28 30. I have 30 pieces of outboard gear, okay? That doesn't include my headphone mixes, my live room snake, um all of my sends for my guitars like my Radial SGIs. That doesn't include pedal boards. I mean, I have made hundreds of cables and it's so cheap and easy. And I have fixed dozens and dozens of cables for clients. They come in, they have a guitar cable, we plug in, oh no, it's noisy, and let me fix that for you in literally five minutes. You know what I mean? How cool is that to whip out, you know, your soldering iron and fix a guitar cable for them in five minutes, you know? Uh, I've wired almost every guitar here. I've had tons of guitars that uh, people have brought in that are noisy, that maybe there's a lost ground connection. You can open it up and fix it. If you get a new guitar pickup or bass pickup or anything like that, it will take you a few minutes to solder it in. It's two wires most of the time. Sometimes it's four, in case of some humbuckers it might be five. Um, it, it, it takes just a couple of minutes to do. If you get a new guitar speaker or bass speaker and it doesn't use the clips and it's in a cabinet that is soldered, you can do that yourself. Okay, like gain independence, right? Like you shouldn't have to pay somebody to fix the wiring in your guitar, right? You might charge, somebody might charge you 50 bucks to fix something that would take you five minutes. You know what I mean? The number of applications where basic soldering skills can save you a bunch of money in this job, in this line of work, as a musician, as an audio engineer, as a mixer, as a studio owner, are just endless. I can't even tell you how many there are. And it opens up your mind to creative ways of routing and running lines and doing all these sorts of things. A good example of this is uh, I recently got a pair of preamps that I keep up on my desk. Okay, I have four preamps up on my desk, the four you know preamps that I use a lot, right? Uh, my main uh, you know, stuff that I'll use for a vocal or whatever, something I, I need to be able to grab really quickly. Uh, my other preamps are over in the rack to my right, okay? Now the preamps up on my desk, uh, I wanted to be able to use those um, in the control room as well. The problem is, only one of those four preamps has a front-mounted XLR jack. And to be honest, I don't like going in the back of the rack and unhooking things. I like to plug things in and leave them there. So what I did was, I bought a really fancy, multi-pole, durable, mil-spec switch that had three poles and four throws. If you're not familiar with that, it's okay. All you need to know is it allows me to switch between three different or four different locations from one input. Okay. It's a rotary switch. So I also wired up a pair of direct boxes into a rack panel with XLR connectors. So now I have the ability through one rotary switch to switch between my live room inputs. So when people plug into channel 24, It goes into my preamp number 24, which is up on my desk, and I can flip the switch and go to the DI input, which is front-mounted, and I can flip the switch again, and it goes to the pair of front-mounted jacks on the rack panel, so I can plug into them in the control room if I wanted to, say, plug in my mic to record a podcast like I'm doing right now. and. All of that can be done with the flip of a switch, and it's basic soldering skills, okay? It's nothing that you couldn't figure out. I don't have to buy any fancy cabling. I don't have to unhook anything when I need to change that. It's all about efficiency when it comes to that sort of thing. So if somebody says, I want to record vocals, and I want to plug into channel 24, and then I decide, you know what? I also want to record bass in the control room live, well, I could just hook in right there and switch that input to the control room input, and it does it automatically in the back. I don't have to do anything. It's all analog, it's all hardwire switches, and it's all basic soldering. So, the moral of this story, if you don't know how to solder, if you've ever thought to yourself, eh, I don't really want to do that, I'd rather just buy cables. I promise you, if you look at your balance sheet after 10, 15, 20 years of doing this, You'll realize how much money you've spent on cables, and potentially how much money you've wasted on throwing away broken cables or trying to get returns on cables. And you know, do like a thing where you can send them in, getting people to fix guitars or rewire things for you. Um, it, it really adds up big time, and I can't recommend learning how to solder enough. You don't have to be a pro. You don't have to take any electrical engineering courses. Literally just watch a couple of YouTube videos. Invest $100 to $200 in a soldering station, a couple of those other materials. Um, you know, like I said, check out SRA for the flux, things like that. It's a really great company. And, um, and you'll be so emboldened and empowered to handle your cabling needs. Now, anytime I need to buy cabling, I buy virtually everything from a website called redco.com, R-E-D-C-O.com. It's a company based out of Connecticut. A guy named Chris is kind of the main contact there. And I have bought thousands of dollars worth of cabling and connectors and adapters and all kinds of things from Redco over the years. I love Redco and uh, I I use them for so many things and um, the prices can't be beat. The shipping is great. It's very efficient packaging, which I always appreciate. I hate getting boxes that are, you know, huge, and there's one tiny thing in them. You know what I mean? Everything is packaged and put in baggies. It's very organized. Uh, I just love the experience of working with Redco, and um, it, it is more efficient for sure to buy in bulk, uh, to buy you know a bunch of stuff just because of the shipping cost. Um, you know, but. I highly recommend keeping some of that stuff around, you know, keeping some XLR ends around, keeping TRS ends, and, uh, you know, normal TS, like instrument cable ends. I recommend keeping instrument cable and mic cable around that you can add if you need to fix something. Or one of the most annoying situations is if you get a new piece of gear and you realize, oh, I don't have a cable to go to my interface, If you have the skills to solder, you can make one in 10 minutes, right? I keep all that stuff around, and it's so handy to be able to do that. So... I hope this has given you some things to think about. I hope you will give soldering a second chance. If you've thought about getting into it, if you've wondered, is this really worth it? Should I really take the time and money to invest in this stuff? You should, okay? I think everybody who has a studio or plans on doing audio, at least somewhat professionally, should know how to solder. I actually got my first internship at a studio because I knew how to solder. I met the owners, I talked to them, I told them, you know, what I think I could bring to them, and my skills, and I'd been recording for a couple years, and all of this, and one of the first questions they asked me is, can you solder a patch bay? Um, I said yes, because I could. Um, Now, at the time, my work was not very clean, so I ended up having to redo a bunch of stuff, uh, but I did do it, I learned in the process, I did the work. Um, and I got way better at it because of that process, because I had to solder, man, I can't even tell you how many connectors, a lot of connectors for that patch bay. And, you know, when they came and looked at my work on the first bay, they were like, this is not very clean. You need to redo it. So I redid it. And, um, but I wouldn't potentially might not have gotten that internship had I not been able to solder. Um, and I learned a lot in that process. So, My point is, it's a valuable skill. I hope all of you consider learning to solder and constantly improving your skill in that department. And I hope you consider making your own cables because it really will save you a lot of headache. Um, It will allow you to be efficient and come up with solutions and great wiring schemes for your studio to keep things all very high quality and low noise and very short cable runs and high efficiency. You can make cables exact lengths, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, if you have any questions, send me an email, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to share any information I have. And like I said, I'm thinking about making a YouTube video on the Recording Lounge uh, YouTube about how to solder your own cables. So hopefully that can help people as well. All right. I'll talk to you next time and uh, have a good week.